Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Real Estate Coaching Radio, America's number one trusted resource for realtors who demand authentic, real-time coaching. Starring award-winning real estate coaches Tim and Julie Harris. Get ready for unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money in this new real estate boom. Now to our hosts, Tim and Julie Harris. And welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Real Estate Coaching Radio. We are joined today by Dylan DeBruin, a broker owner of Century 21 Signature Real Estate in Central Iowa. After the recent tragedies of Ashley Oakland and Beverly Carter, Dylan and his brokerage co-owner, Joe Schaffbuch, were inspired to create the Realtor Safety Pledge, with more than 1,000 agents and brokers signing on to date. He joins us today to discuss the Realtor Safety Pledge and Realtor Safety in general. Now, let's welcome Dylan to the call as we join our host, Tim Harris. Actually, we're going to be joined by Tim and Julie Harris. Julie, are you on the line as well? Julie? (laughs) Well, maybe she's not. So, Dylan, are you on the line? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you fine. So, Dylan, you're on as well, right? I am. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. So, Dylan, I really appreciate um, you being our guest today. And this um, safety pledge that you devised is something that we want to help you, um, you know, spread the word. So, we have 50,000 agents that listen to this radio show every single month. So, you're going to be speaking to lots and lots of agents, and, and let's really do the best job we can of really helping agents understand the importance of supporting this rather brilliant piece of this, I, I would call it a proposal. It almost reads like an elegant piece of legislation, but really the point is, is it should be something that all of us adopt immediately to our, uh, to our real estate practices. So uh, let's just jump right in. What motivated you to write this safety pledge? Yeah, well, well first of all, thanks. Uh, we really appreciate that you guys uh, are spending some time on this topic and, and supporting what we're trying to do, but really it's, uh, it's really not our movement. We're um, we're collectively just starting to recognize we need to raise our voices and uh, raise awareness around this topic. So uh, why, why now? Um, why, I mean, we all know about what happened to Beverly Carter recently. And uh, as I had said in the pledge uh, several years ago when Ashley Oakland was murdered, uh, she had been a personal friend and um, very close to our family. And I think it just uh, really uh, opened up that wound again and refreshed our memories and it really gave me just cause for reflection to the fact that so much that had been discussed in the wake of Ashley's murder um, just hadn't changed. Um, there was fundamentally no real change in the industry and our practices, um, maybe a little bit more uh, cautiousness, but, but nothing in our actual policies, procedures, and protocols. And so we got to talking about that, and actually it came up in one of our team meetings. And uh, we went around the, the room, and a lot of the, the realtors in our team expressed their, their sentiment and thoughts. And what really struck me was um, not just, especially a lot of the female realtors, uh, not just their fear about um, uh, actually uh, avoiding some large tragedy, but even just the recognition of how much um, uh, tension and apprehension and 
uneasiness they were were experiencing conducting showings on a daily basis. Um, And so escaping a tragedy might be one thing, but the fact that on a daily basis as they show homes, they're uh, placing themselves under that kind of duress uh, just really opened my eyes a lot to to what they're they're um, they're encountering, and so yeah, we just thought it was time to to raise our voice a little bit and uh, put our neck on the line and see what would happen. So it's been interesting to see. What has the? I'm, we're, we have a list of prepared questions, obviously, but I'm sort of curious. What's the feedback been from the real estate community? It has to be overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, nothing nothing negative. Um, there There's certainly a lot of folks that raise their voice in various uh, blog locations and stuff like that, just advocating uh, concealed carry. Um, there's a lot of proponents of that, and we're certainly not opposed to that at all. Um, wherever that's available and legal, and if that's a preference, then that's great. Um, uh, but apart from that specific feedback, yeah, mostly just very positive Um a lot of support. Uh, you know, we've seen about 1,100 people take the pledge so far. We would love to see that number rise. Um, but even if it doesn't, the objective was that the conversation would be started. So, yeah, all positive feedback, a lot of brokerages letting us know that they've instituted policies within their companies. Um, and then a lot of very, very appreciative, um, particularly female agents, a lot of emails uh, from female agents saying, thank you so much. Uh, just for bringing this up because something needs to change. Julie, you had a question? Well, so why, you know, I mean, first of all, seriously, kudos to you for doing this. And the thing is, though, there's nearly 2 million licensed real estate agents. So why you guys? Why do you think that there hasn't been more action for, I mean, it's been really publicized in the news. Why, I mean, I think it's fantastic you're running with us. Why isn't there a hundred of these proposals out there? What's your opinion on that? <laughs> well, I think a lot of us uh, we're busy, um, and, and we we tend to to um, travel like water. We we follow the path of least resistance, and um, it's a lot easier to uh, continue with business as usual than it is to to make a change. I uh, I have a quote that I actually. Uh, I refer to quite a bit. It's a, the reasonable man adapts himself to the world. The unreasonable one persists in trying to adapt the world to himself. Therefore, all, all progress depends on the unreasonable man. Um, that's by J- George Bernard Shaw. And, and I guess in, in a way, I think most of us are reasonable and think, yeah, we're not going to change the entire industry. And, and I think that uh, both Joe and I have a degree of unreasonableness in, in recognizing that if everyone thinks that way, nothing ever changes. Um, so we don't propose that we're going to change the industry by ourselves, but we know that it takes someone to, to speak up, um, and, and hopefully the ripple effect of that is something that uh, has impact. You um, So you said something, and I read this on the blogs too. We had some comments uh, from the radio show that we did the other day where we were talking about the pledge that you, you guys created, you and Joe, and I read was reading some of the comments too, and you're right. There were a lot of people that were talking about concealed carry, but the conceal the idea of concealed carry is you know great, and if you could do it, and that's something you want to do, we're certainly not talking we're not pro or con that that's not what the show is about, but really, at the point where you have to pull out your firearm at a house, it's probably too late, and that's what I liked about your pledge. Your pledge actually is um kind of forcing some common sense into the minds that you know what you need to be thinking about and have procedures in place that prevent you from being in a situation where you feel at risk to the point where you need a firearm. That's what I really liked about it. 
you guys are starting at the very, you know, the core level. And uh, when, on the radio show, you guys should listen to this, all of our listeners. You listen if you haven't already to what we did the other day. It was Julie and I's premise that uh, it's the Pop-Tart agent, right? It's the realtor that uh, doesn't think to pre-qualify, doesn't think to ask real in-depth questions. Those realtors set the bar so low for the buyer's expectations that if we – uh, and anyone in a leadership role in the industry were to certainly say, you were to say something along the lines of, no more acting like that. From now on, before you meet with a buyer, these are the standard practices. It would trickle down to the rest of the industry. And so, you know, that's what would happen. And everyone's experience would be better. The perception of us as professionals would be better. Oh, yeah, we'd all be a lot safer. So when you were thinking about the architecture of the pledge, how did you guys think of those points? Because I have to say they were very elegantly written. <laughs> Well, um, well, thanks. I, I guess I wish I could tell you that there was some uh, uh, strategic mastermind session on that, but but really it was just organic and uh, just came together. And um, uh, yeah, it really just represents, like you said earlier, common common sense stuff. And and to piggyback on what you were just saying, um, yeah, it, it takes it back to to the root of the problem and. Uh, rather than, than uh, discuss preventative measures like apps that you can push a 911 emergency button or it calls a bunch of people or, uh, or, or concealed carry, let's consider how it is that we conduct business that puts us in these situations. But if I can take it back a step even further back um, and suggest that maybe one of the reasons that we, we have Pop-Tart agents, maybe one of the reasons that we find ourselves in a position where we have to be uh, – at the beck and call of any particular uh, prospective lead that calls in is because we're not engaging the kind of uh, uh, warm, proactive prospecting measures that we should be engaging in. You guys addressed some really uh, crucial stuff in that in that session a couple of days ago regarding uh, uh, listings a- listing agents last, and uh, and I concur with all of that. That was really good stuff. Uh, I-, I would add to that that yeah, if we're prospecting effectively, if we're running our business like a business, if we're approaching this uh, the real estate business in the right way, um, we're, we're going to find ourselves significantly less inclined to simply drop what we're doing and show, it, show up at a house to meet a stranger. Um, unfortunately, we know that there's a significant amount of realtors selling very few homes every year um, who are in a place to have to be responsive to those leads. So that's where I applaud you guys with your coaching and uh, you know, other organizations that do the same thing. If we can up the bar of professionalism in the industry, I think we can uh, retrain agents but also retrain the consumer to a different set of expectations. Jules? Absolutely. So, so Dylan, why the pledge? The common complaint, of course, and I'm sure that you've heard this, if I limit that risky behavior and I'm that careful, doesn't it just mean losing those potential clients to a competitor who is willing to take that risk? Do you feel that the pledge will limit that and have an impact? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's a conundrum. Um, if I don't have enough business, and I recognize that somebody else is going to take this business, I'm inclined to feel like I just need to to respond. Um, uh, I'm inclined to say, change your prospecting habits, increase your lead generation, uh, work by referral and repeat business, take good care of people, and, and you won't need to take that call. But you touched on something important there. Other agents will continue to do this, and I would love to... Um, I would love to pretend that every agent, 1.4 million, I believe, realtors nationwide are going to change their practices. Odds are they won't. And that's part of the struggle here 
is that so long as some of us continue to um, provide Pop-Tart type service to, to prospective buyers out there, the consumer is going to be trained to expect that. And so, yeah, the, the difficulty that with this uh, uh, discussion is that we, we need to enact industry-wide change. Doing that seems unreasonable, um, and that's why most of us shy away. But I think that the conversation being had today is a very, very healthy one, and hopefully down the line we, we collectively start to make changes across our operations. So we've done we did a lot of research prior to today's show. Actually, our producer did. Thank you, Mr. Ventura. And um, you know, we talk about these two most recent, I think, highest profile murders. But there has not just been that. There has been a lot of crime against realtors. But I think again, you, you know, guys, <clears throat> we're not trying to scare you, but this stuff is pretty scary. So maybe you need to be scared, scared enough to actually take this seriously and take action. So Jules. Uh, the statistics. Read some of the stats so these guys really have their eyes open to what's truly happening out there. Yeah, it's pretty amazing because this is not the isolated incident that some people will tell themselves. According to ABC News research, uh, they indicate that over 100 agents have been murdered on the job since just 2008 as, quote, crimes of opportunity, and those numbers have been actually climbing since then. So is that in part related to the economy? If so, will the numbers improve as the economy does? Possibly. I mean, according to statistics, um, common links in the crime data have been found. For example, the majority of the attacks on realtors in 2011 occurred in the afternoons on Thursday and Friday. Interesting fun facts here, or not so fun. Uh, Nearly 30% of the attack victims are actually men. So, yeah, I mean, I'm extra careful with my female clients, but I don't not mention it to my uh, gentleman clients either. So 30%. You're referring, Julie, Julie's referring to coaching clients, not real estate clients, just so you guys Sorry. aren't confused. Yeah, coaching clients. Yeah, when you're, yep. you're coaching um, clients, right. You're right. Uh, most attacks did not occur inside major metro areas. That's another thing I hear. Well, I'm not selling on the in the inner city. Should I really worry about this? But most attacks actually did not inc- occur inside major metro areas. Guns are used roughly 50% of the time in the attacks. Robbery was the intention going into the attack, but frequently resulted in murder. So this is, you know, not just two of the most publicized murders. This is a major issue. And, you know, the example I always give is there's really no other industry that acts like this and just pops up and does whatever somebody demands. So, you know, I think this pledge almost, if I was a broker, I would require it if I could you know, as much as you can require of independent contractors. So what are your thoughts on, the, on these statistics, Dylan? Does any of that surprise you? No. Um, I mean, it's really, really good stuff, and it does open your eyes. Um, I actually, I hadn't heard that 100 number. That, that's, that's a big number. Um, Crazy. I, I actually, with our team just the other day, though, speaking statistics, was running through the new uh, – uh, profile of home buyers and sellers that NAR puts out. The, the 2014 profile just came out, and mm-hmm. you know, it just continues to astound me because I, I'm looking at this and uh, I'm looking at uh, Exhibit 33 here for anyone that's, that cares to reference this. But open houses, uh, less than 40, uh, 45% of buyers used the open house system in any capacity during their home search. So less than half of our buyers are even frequenting open houses. But here's the, the st- stats that really matter. Only 3% of buyers are, are uh, visiting an open house as a first step in their search process. Obviously, we all know they're starting online. But here's the kicker. 
less it's it's five percent of all buyers actually ever found their real estate agent at an open house. And and I understand that uh, we all know why we're doing open houses. We're doing it to appease sellers, and and we're doing it to generate leads. But the the truth of the matter is that that is just not where we're getting our leads um, at open houses. And so that's where I know that open houses aren't going to go away. Nor am I necessarily propagating that they do. Um, but when we when we take an honest uh, hard look at where we're generating our leads, it's certainly not from those sorts of activities. And then we also recognize that with uh, call-ins, um, uh, yeah, we have a higher likelihood of converting the lead if we're able to bring them into the office as well and facilitate a one-on-one meeting. Um, I think the stats are 67% of buyers and 70, 70% of listing clients only met with one agent um, before picking the agent that they work with. And so, you know, in my mind, we need to be uh, – facilitating uh, one-on-one meetings with our clients in office uh, situations or at our listing clients' homes. And, uh, yeah, the stats, the stats speak volumes. I think a lot of us just aren't educated to them, um, and maybe that's, maybe that's part of the challenge. Well, so, Dylan, you said met with, right? And listeners, please understand what he just said because it's so true. Uh, you have them in your office. They sit down with you. You have a organized, and let's just focus on buyers for the sake of our radio show today primarily. Uh, you have an organized buyer presentation. You have specific questions you ask them. You have them to a lender to you, you know, determine their financial qualification. You go through a formalized process. Those people are going to stick with you. Those people mm-hmm. are going to become your clients, and chances are, assuming they can purchase and they have realistic expectations, those will, that will be a hypothetical commission check for you. It's these looky-loos, the pop-tarts, the ones that call and put on pressure, the ones that are making them sound, sound like they are uh, ready to write a check for a house. Those are all the ones that you guys need to start saying, listen, this is how we, these are the rules of my brokerage. This is how we operate. And you need to be willing to lose that prospective sale uh, for the sake of safety, for the sake of your integrity. But keep in the back of your mind the statistic that Dylan just read from that NAR report. That is the bottom line, right? Chances are, if you meet with somebody, they're going to buy a property uh, from you. There's other statistics, and this applies across all industries. Uh, We have listeners now outside of the real estate industry, and anyone in sales uh, should know this fact. Well, I'll give you a great one. So we used to coach the number one Mercedes-Benz salesman in the world, and this was very interesting. He said he knew um, that statistically that most people would work with the first car salesman that they met even if they shopped them off three other prices, so they go to you know they went to Fletcher Jones first in Orange County, they'd meet with him first, and then even if they shopped his price for a similar car off other dealerships, statistically he knew that they were going to come back to him. It works the same way in all industries. So the bottom line, guys, is the first opportunity you have to sit down and meet with them in a formalized approach and presentation. You're going to get that client. So if you can't, if if your fear of loss of a potential commission check is so overwhelming that you're willing to sacrifice your safety, or if you're a broker or a position of someone in a position of leadership and you're worried about your revenue, just keep the fact in mind that these very the risky behavior that these agents are doing generally aren't going to result in a, you know, a real estate transaction anyway. So why don't we just shine light on the fact that it's inefficient? Why don't we shine light on the fact that it doesn't result in real estate transactions? And, oh, by the way, there's a lot of crime associated with that type of risky behavior as well. You know, so these are the – Dylan, would you mind – you have three or four – I don't know if you have – I bet you have the pledge nearby – really well-written points 
uh, the one that talked about personal branding, where people should be considering how they present. It. Could you could you mind reading those points for our listeners? Yeah, give me uh, give me one second here. I'll actually just pull it up. Um, but yeah, the, the the pledge regarding personal branding uh, for an agent. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll just read the pledge here for real estate agents. Um, I pledge to, under no circumstances, show a home to a stranger without first meeting them at the office or asking them to submit identification. I pledge to educate my clients that open houses are a safety concern, both for the homeowner and myself. I pledge to limit open houses as a marketing strategy and or make prudent and safe decisions about my open house marketing efforts. I pledge to follow my intuition and not step into situations that I feel uneasy about. I pledge to use the buddy system whenever I am unsure or uneasy about a showing or meeting. And I pledge to make myself available to my fellow agents as a showing buddy, should they ever feel the need to take someone along or feel unsafe. And then finally, I pledge to seriously consider the nature of my personal marketing and its potential impact on my safety. Can you talk about that last point? Because that one, everything else is pretty self-explanatory. And I know you left that last one somewhat ambiguous. But really, if we were to yeah. drill down on that, that's really a great point. And congratulations for having the guts to actually say that. Because there really is a lot of personal marketing that looks like it might be more appropriate when you're walking around downtown Las Vegas and those little hand flyers. I mean, if we're being honest, some of it is really inappropriate. But I don't know how – I mean, if you you guys must have – what would be the guidelines if an agent were to come to you about what should be – what's safe and prudent and what what isn't? Yeah, it's 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 tricky um, because we, we, we um, you know the product that we sell we all understand is is not houses we sell ourselves we sell our services and our um, our characters and personalities to, to our clients and so they want to see our faces um, but yeah we really do need to take a look at if we're going to be sitting in an open house on a weekend if uh, if we uh, yeah, if, if if you're an attractive lady or or if you're a lady I guess we've got to think about all of it do we want to be advertising who is going to be sitting at an open house? Do we want to make it uh, that kind of information that available? And I, I really don't want to single out just female realtors on this, but certainly um, it seems like statistically that that has tended to be a, a greater portion of who's at risk here. And I think we just got to call a spade a spade on that. So whether that's naming the agents that are going to be present at open houses, whether that's putting our faces all over marketing materials, calling attention to ourselves in that way. Um, I'm not saying we need to do away with it. I'm saying we need to have a serious, uh, we need to give it some serious consideration. For example, I mean, let's just drill down on this. This is a really important point. And I, you're, you know, I, I know you're trying to walk a line, and I appreciate that. I mean, but statistically, the fact is, is that when it comes to crime like this, there's, we don't need to be sheepish about it. Women generally are the victims of crime like this. It's just a fact. And so it's when, you know, a lot of uh, marketing that's being done out there, and to be honest with you, it's some of the marketing that agents are being pressured to do, thinking they have to do it, that's really where it's rather insidious. So, guys, if intuitively you know, ladies, if intuitively you know this is something that, you know, is a little bit too out there for you as far as um, exposure of yourself, as far as this, any kind of like that, you know, you have to be really taking in consideration the wide and varied audience that might be paying attention. You know, there are lots and lots of examples right now. And, you know, guys, this really wasn't a problem 20 or 25 years ago. Um, 
no, maybe it's because Photoshop has gotten better and we all look better in our pictures. I'm really not sure. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that. Uh, but it is now because in a lot of these markets, people always try to make themselves look like they're celebrities, realtors especially, right? I mean, we all want to act like, you know, when you get into that whole realm of personal branding and marketing, everybody thinks they're on a, a Bravo TV show, you know? Can be considerate of the fact that that is called reality TV, not because it's real, because it's you know it's designed to entertain. When you are uh, exposing yourself or putting yourself out there, you are going to invite oftentimes the lowest common denominator. For whatever reason, that's prevalent in our society right now, and you have to be considerate of it and don't think you're immune. I hope I'm not overstating matter. You know, I, I hope people are really getting the point to take this seriously and and really back your pledge. And and if you're an agent listening. And encourage your broker to take the pledge. Encourage your fellow agents to take the pledge. Take this pledge to your local board of realtors. Let everyone know about it, because that's the way it works. Yeah, and part of the part of the the, the um, maybe increased exposure today is just how accessible this information is. So uh, today, your open house advertising is accompanied by uh, multiple locations online where your face is plastered all over the internet. I can track down your Facebook page, your Twitter page, your your LinkedIn page. I can find out a whole bunch about you. Uh, before I decide to show up at your open house. And so the information is just far more accessible. And so, yeah, we, we need to be cautious about what we're putting out there. Yeah, so here's what we're going to do. Thing. Julie, you, know, you have a very I, good uh, question. Yeah. Well, Go ahead. So how do I actually take the pledge? Maybe I'm, maybe I'm an agent that I really want to use this, and I might actually put it on my own website, and maybe I'm a broker where I think this is a great idea, and I want to thank you for writing it for me so I don't have to. How do I actually take the pledge? What do I have to do? Yeah, well, I mean, today uh, the pledge is available to take online at www.realtorsafetypledge.com, realtorsafetypledge.com. The the language on there, uh, we've had requests for uh, you know PDF versions of this so that people can utilize this uh, this language on their personal presentation material stuff like that. I, I, we have no concern with people utilizing this material, um, uh, but yeah, we would love to see more people jump online. It takes about 30 seconds to type in your name and your email address, confirm that you're a legitimate uh, human being. Um, and your your pledge will be added to the group of voices that are out there right now. Um, and we would absolutely love to see some more momentum. Um, I know there's a lot of people that uh, uh, read it, uh, support it, but maybe have not yet taken the pledge, and, uh, yeah, we could use as much support as possible. So here's what we'll do. Um, Julie and I are going to take the pledge. Mr. Producer, make sure that happens today, please. And then also in the uh, link and the text, guys, a lot of you, most of our listeners, listen in replay. We're going to include the link for you to take the pledge. It's just I'm sure it's just a real quick entry of your name and whatnot. Um, and then take the pledge. Pass it along. And like always, guys, share this radio show as you have been so, you know, a lot of you share our radio show every single day, and I really appreciate that. Continue to do that, especially this one, because this is about, you know, most of our radio shows are about making you money. This one's about keeping you safe, keeping you alive. Doesn't it make sense that this is something you're going to want to tweet, Facebook, share everywhere you possibly can? Um, so, Dylan, I really appreciate you doing this. It's fantastic. You and Joe, I think, are true leaders in our industry. And I'm sorry that it took such a tragic event to motivate you guys to do this. It's, you know, it's very sad. Um, and I and Julie and everyone here at our coaching business, are, we're going to do everything in our power 
to make your pledge become something that is just a uh, routine part of doing business in the real estate industry. So for that, I thank you very much. Uh, thank you. And uh, we, can, we can consider it our pledge. Um, but, yeah, I appreciate your support on that, and uh, uh, you guys are doing a great job. Thank you. And everyone else, we'll talk with you on the radio tomorrow, and thanks for listening. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.